Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. This is Tyler Sheff, and I am the co-host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast this week. Mike's with us once again. Mike, we're on a roll, man. And this is Mike Moino, the other co-host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And yeah, I'm back on the ground. Literally, I just landed 20 minutes ago. Yep. <laughs> because because we got a, we got a podcast. Tyler reminded me that this is we got a podcast. That's right. It's Wednesday. We got to do it. It's Wednesday. Right. <laughs> a lot going on. It's been a busy week for us. Um, yeah, yeah. We've had a lot going on. So those of you who've been listening for a while, you know that we bought a house in Tarpon Springs, a big house that we were, we were, our intent was is to renovate it into a assisted living, uh, around fourteen bed assisted living. Well, after a, a year-long battle with the city of Tarpon Springs. As far as zoning, we were not able to get the conditional use permit that we wanted or what that we needed rather to get that done. So now we're at the stage where we're going to be doing a light renovation, uh, which has brought up a lot of good things that a lot of takeaways that I think the audience will, would learn from, wouldn't you say, Mike? Yeah. And, and part of that is vetting contractors, which yeah. I think applies to everybody. Even yep. if you're not even in real estate, you're going to have to deal with vendors and contractors. And I think a lot of the things that we want to talk about today kind of goes across that board and all the cash flowing businesses that we have, that you have, and your plans are. That's right. That's right. Vendor selection is probably one of the most underappreciated or undervalued parts of any business, picking the right vendors, whether if, I don't care if you're, I don't know, you're a car dealership, picking the right detail shop, a appliance business, your parts supplier. You're in the house, the uh, retail, the uh, real estate space, picking your contractors and whatnot. They're going to be challenges. So this week, I want to talk about what we're doing with our house in Division Street. We're not going to have our regular our GC do the work on it because we're not going to do a full rehab. We're just going to do a, a light fluff and buff, a little painting, a little bit of cleanup and things like that, just to make it look a little more appealing, if you will. Still, definitely, will be in fixer upper condition. We're not going to sp- spend a bo- boatload of money. Just a couple grand to get some of the things that might spook somebody taken care of, right? You get new flippers and they come in there or homeowners. We want them to kind of see what the end vision will look like. And if they see things like big water stains from old issues that have now been corrected, we want to take care of those water stains. And not that we're trying to hide anything. It's just that we want to get the the paint and some things cleaned up and whatnot. Make it a little more appealing to the eye when people walk in because, you know, the house was built, what, Mike, 1914? 1914 yeah yeah it's it's a cool historic house big house um big big gorgeous house with hardwood floors um and admittedly it needs a lot of work which is the reason why we got such a great deal on it Uh, so now we're in a position where we can't do this exit strategy that we wanted to that we were planning on doing which is fine because when we bought it we bought it right remember we talk about mike we make our money when we buy when we buy not necessarily when we sell the one of the first things that i did is I looked at before we even pulled the trigger in this house is what are our, what, what could our other exit strategies be in the event that we cannot win the zoning argument with the city? Cause that's always a concern and you're not going to be able to get a house under contract and then have it sit there for months and months and months under contract while you're waiting for the city to make a decision on zoning. I know people tell me that, you know, they've pulled that off. Well, not in the seller's market that we just came out of. I can tell you that. So in that case, I negotiate hard and I make sure I buy it right. And we did. We 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 walked in with a substantial amount of equity. I feel a substantial amount of equity. And how much equity that really works out to be depends on how much money we're going to spend. 
so fast forward on renovation. So fast forward to today, um, we're going to do some light, light work, paint and things like that, clean up um, just to get some some loose ends tied up, things that we want, safety items and things like that. We're going to get taken care of uh, just to prepare it to be to go on the market to be sold. And when we were going through bringing subcontractors in to do some of this stuff, we learned some new things. As a matter of fact, uh, Mike, we learned about painting. Number one, it used to be in our county, actually in the state. There used to be a, a painting contractor's license. You had to be licensed if you were going to paint other people's property for money. And I always thought that was kind of dumb. I never quite understood what is possibly involved in paint licensure. It's like it opens the can and put the <laughs> brush in the can and smears it on the wall. I don't know. But now in our local municipality, they don't require painting license anymore. So I always like to use licensed contractors. Mike, I know you've done a lot of how work on your properties over the years. You just had some sewer work done over there in Salida. You always, we always want to try, and this is what Mike and I both were taught from Larry Harbold. Always make sure you use licensed contractors whenever you can. Um, and that's what we're looking at here. So we looked into the painting thing and we found out right away that they don't have a painting license anymore. They've done away with it. Uh, but so we get some pricing together. And when we go to ask for things like insurance, because we want, if someone's going to be doing work at our house, we want to make sure they have some sort of liability insurance. They could trip and fall. They could have, uh, maybe if they got workers there uh, that could get hurt. Oh, who knows? They could fall through, fall off the, the, fall out of the window while they're painting it. Who knows what could happen? And what we're finding, and, I, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on this, Mike. Nobody seems to have any insurance or credibility lately. It's like everybody we run into, we're finding all these people that just have no credibility at all. Thoughts? It's true. Yeah. So big reason why you want somebody insured, somebody licensed, is because as investors, the neighbors have a bullseye on your head. Yep. Let's let's be honest. If Aunt, if Aunt Susie's next door and she sees you come in and you're going to make this into assisted living, you're going to make a multifamily, a big bad landlord who doesn't live in that city, they're going to try to get you. Yes. It's not Aunt Susie's fault. That's just the way it is. Everybody wants to live in a neighborhood where they feel comfortable and in the, the, they don't always feel comfortable when there's tenants in there. So be, you got to cover your, your rear. Make sure that they're insured. Make sure that they're licensed too because... It's very, I've learned this. It's very easy for your neighbor to call up code compliance. Yeah. Did you say, Tyler? Yeah, it's, it is. I think, well, we don't have yellow pages anymore, but it's very easy to Google, you know, City of Salida code compliance. You get the phone number right away. Yes, you do. And I've been, I'm sure you too have been in city council meetings where they put somebody up on the stand and they berate them like they're the judge all of a sudden, the, you know, the city planning board and trying to tear this investor's plan down very easily because nobody likes that investor. That's right. You know, one of the big lessons I've learned over the years, as far as dealing with unlicensed versus licensed contractors with an unlicensed contractor, you don't really have any protection as far as if you think you, if you think you, you want to avoid paying twice for the same repair or the same job done, then go ahead and use an unlicensed contractor. When people use them because the impression is that they save money, but you have to understand if if they don't require a license, that's one thing. Yeah. Then all you got is references to go off of. You want to see their work. You know, one of the questions I always ask people, number one is, have you personally used this person for a job? I get lots of referrals from realtors and people from BNI. And I ask them, have you personally used them on your own home? Well, no. 
I see. Mm. Uh, so I know that you like this person, but have you actually used them? And the answer is off, oftentimes no. So guys, first thing I'd have to tell you right there is to ask the question, have you personally used them for a job and how did it turn out? Did it meet your expectations? Was it done on time? Did they want an advanced payment? That's something we're going to talk about here real quick. Uh, and, and ask those questions. And what you're going to find is that a lot of referrals that you get are because people just want to refer their, their friends. And there's nothing wrong yes. with this. I'm not taking yeah. away from that. Um, I do the same thing. It's like, hey, you know, you should use so-and-so because they're a good, good person. And the problem is, though, when, when there is a problem and you haven't done your due diligence on them, you just took a referral. Oh, my, you know, I, I know a guy type of thing you might find that there's going to be some performance issues with those people. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm susceptible to it. I, I always want to help the small business owner. Right. Right. Whether he speaks English or not, hey, he's an entrepreneur. I'm on your team. <laughs> I want to help you, you know? Right. I want to help you. Uh, and a lot of places too, you know, you fall into the whole bubble network. Yeah. Whereas, hey, I'm not from... Any town USA. So this guy across the street does. Let me ask him. He's going to refer you to his nephew, right? Or his his good friend. That's right. Who who wants to be an entrepreneur? So I want to help them. But you got to play by the rules because the rules will bite you in the butt if you don't. I'll add this thing too. What I learned um, from being a friend of uh, another painter who wasn't licensed when it was required to be licensed in Florida. Uh, he he told me that if in that whole contractor world, right? Everybody has to pay their dues. They pay the license. In the end, it's just a tax, right? But if you try to go under the radar and try to steal the business of a licensed professional, they hunt you down. Yeah. I'm not talking about the city. I'm talking about the other licensed carpenters, the other licensed plumbers. That's right. If they find competitions coming in, trying to undercut them, and they didn't play by the rules, they come after them. Oh. That's a big deal in Key West. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what I've found recently is that, uh, for example, I'm doing a, a, I got a a, a foreclosure coming on the market down in uh, Lakeland, Florida. Uh, It's for a bank that I represent. When I put my realtor hat on, I represent them and I sell property. There are foreclosures for them around the state of Florida. I got one in Lakeland. I got one in Tampa. I did one out in Hernando not too long ago. So I always have to go hire subs to work for me for the bank from afar, which always presents a challenge. Usually I make my wife chill do it. (laughs) (laughs) But one of the techniques that I've found very valuable is using my network on Facebook. Now, Mike's not on Facebook too much, but I have been on Facebook for many years. Obviously, you guys listen to the podcast. I've got tens of thousands of followers on there. And that has helped me get things done and get contractors to get stuff done when I need to, especially in areas where I don't know anybody. Cause I don't know anybody in Lakeland. I know maybe one or two people in plant city, Lakeland area, but not a lot. Right. And I was able to leverage my Facebook profile, my Facebook following to say, who can help me? I need a trash out done in plant city or in Lakeland. And somebody popped up a friend of friend of mine, somebody that I respect. And I asked the question, have you used this company? Yes, I have used this company. Great. Turns out that the lady I'm dealing with, she's she owns the company with her husband. She's also a realtor. I said, great. I got news for you. Once you guys get done trashing out this place and cleaning it, which they just finished today, and now we're going to wind up putting a roof on the house because it needs it, this house, this foreclosure place in Lakeland, uh, 
how about you can have the buyer leads? Because I do not want to work with a buyer in Lakeland, Florida. I'm not going to go show trailers in Lakeland, Florida ever. Uh, I just do the listing side of it. So there's an extra bonus there. Now, because I've thrown that bone out there for her, she's a realtor. I said, hey, I'm going to send you all the buyer leads that come in on this house because I don't need buyer leads in Lakeland, Florida. That sweetens the pot. So she winds up giving my client a much better deal on the repairs because I'm going to send her business. And you see how that works, how that plays out. Uh, Now for our house in Tarpon Springs, we're having a bigger challenge trying to find a painter that's willing to show up because we are at that golden time of the year right mike (laughs) (laughs) there is this phenomena in the in the industry when you when turkey day hits thanksgiving day hits nobody in america seems to want to make any decisions or have any thought process between thanksgiving and new year's eve and then magically the day after new year's it's all over with and we go back to the grind for another 12 or 11 months and that's the cycle we're in right now. So if you listen to this podcast and you know a painter that will actually show up, be sober and not want to be want half down up front, uh, wants to actually just get the job knocked out, then hook us up. <laughs> Give us a call. Send an email to managers at cashflowguys.com because we are looking for a painter at the holidays. I know a lot of you listen to this podcast that are local are probably like snort, snort, chuckle, chuckle. Yep, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Trying to get a, a, a sub to show up to do anything right now seems to be impossible so that's kind of what we're working on i will say we were successful and in, in with the i got, did get the flooring guy out there in like 24 hours mike that was pretty impressive yeah you told me about that that was fast yeah that was i got lucky on that one but something about painters i don't know i hope i don't offend anybody actually i don't care if i offend anybody anymore i've been doing this too long but <laughs> i have never mike i have never met a professional painter that was sober i'm serious for whatever reason I've asked my contractor buddies this. I'm like, do you know any painters that are sober? And they're like, no. You know what? You're right. Now to think about it. Yeah. 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 He's, he was on rehab, but yeah. <laughs> something like paint fumes and painter. I don't know. It's something, something weird's going on. But so painters, I'm very leery of. I'm a little very cautious. I have, I've had bad experiences of painters. I once had a painter who got drunk on the job. He was painting one of my client's houses. This is going back 20 years ago. I was a young realtor just figuring stuff out. And man, I can't, that was a long time ago. I was, I was a, I was a just a spry young fellow. And I, I got a referral and I didn't know any better to ask, have you used this painter before? I never asked that question. This is why I started asking that question after this event. I refer this guy to my seller, my seller. Yep. Get it done. The guy goes in this house with an airless. What? An airless sprayer. Oh, okay. And the five-gallon buckets. Oh, no. <laughs> he doesn't quite do a complete job with the masking. And I remember this lady, she was an older lady, and she had shag carpet. He didn't put anything over the carpet. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The bedding, it, it was in a course. Yeah, I showed up to, to look at the job, and she had this beautifully black top driveway. Oh. A beautiful just fresh black blacktop on the driveway. There's streaks and dots of white all up and down the driveway. I'm like, this is before I even got inside. I go inside and there's the there's him and some other chucklehead with a what do they call that? A handle of vodka at like noon. Oh my god, in the house. In the house, sitting on the furniture in their painter outfits. In this lady's and now her living room furniture 
is like, remember your grandma's house? You always had that room that you and I were never allowed to go sit in. Oh, you did. We, yep. 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 Yeah, okay. That's where they're parked. <laughs> oh no. Oh yeah. Paint is everywhere. They ruined this lady's house. I mean, just ruined her house. And back then that you're supposed to have a painting license. I didn't know that they didn't have a painting license. They didn't have any insurance. They had nothing. It was just Jimmy, the jackass and his bottle of vodka and, and the other rented drunk that he had with him destroyed this person's house. I'm thinking, Oh my God. Wow. So guys, you got to be careful when you're, when you're, especially when you're dealing with painters, because man, they, sometimes you, you got a big issue with injuries. Number one, because painters sometimes have to get into weird positions, especially if you're doing exterior painting, stairways, things like that. You want to make sure they show up with their own insurance because the last thing you want when you have a house that you're getting worked on, on is one of these chuckleheads taking a, a spill down the stairs, breaking their neck. And next thing you know, you're getting sued and you don't have workers comp. You're acting like a, yeah, and kind of acting in the role of a contractor. That's how stuff blows up in your face. Ooh. So, yeah, some of you guys are kind of like probably listening, going, oh, I do this all the time. I don't hire and you know, I don't worry about their insurance and whatnot. Well, nobody does until you have an issue. Okay. But we're playing here in the grown-up space in the big boy league, and I'm playing, we're invested with other people's money. Now, granted, the beauty of work investing in a syndicate is it limits the liability to our actual investors. Mike and I have liability, but the investors really don't. But in the end, if something goes wrong, we have to fix it, and that's going to cost money. That would take away from the, the, the syndicate's profits. It works against the investor's returns, and it's just a bad way to do business. So the moral of the story is, guys, do your homework on these people. Ask for good references. Who have Ask the person that referred them. First of all, I like to work off referral. Ask for a good referral. Remind once again, have you used this person before? Having your own stuff? Do they have any pictures? I don't necessarily take the word of the painter and the reference that they provide. Because who provides a reference that won't give a good, re good response, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I like my to mom. Yeah. I'd like to go quickly back to what you mentioned earlier, which, like I said, I, I always feel bad with the small guy. Right. The small guy is usually the broke guy who's asking for some money up front for, oh, I need some money for some supplies or to pay the other painters for their first week. You will always bring up that you refuse to pay until the job is done, the job is checked off, and to your satisfaction. That's so correct. I'm sure you've got a story about paying piecemeal what happened to that. How many stories would you like? <laughs> I could I can't even begin to count how many times because you know you guys know me long enough. Sometimes I'm not always as smart as you might think I am. It takes me sometimes a long time to learn lessons. Now it's been 12, 15 years since I've prepaid anybody for anything. I just won't do it anymore um, unless there's like a part being ordered or something like that. I'll make an exception. Like my AC guy. Hmm. Well, actually, my AC guy's got his act together too. He didn't. He just orders a system and puts it in years ago. I had an AC guy that was, I, I was, I think I was putting, it was here at my lemon street property. I put two ACs in at once and he, I gave him the a down payment for the cost of the equipment. I don't know, five grand or whatever it was. What a big deal, but I've been working with him for years. I trusted him. Different story, right? That's two complete systems he had to buy outside of that. I do not, prepay anything is here's my my logic you're doing a paint job that has 500 dollars worth of materials mm -hmm. 
One of the things that you'll find that will happen, here's a couple of things that have happened to me over the years, and I can't begin to tell you how many contractor projects I've had going over the last 25 years I've been doing this. If you, if you go, you can buy the materials for them at Home Depot, okay, and I have them pick them up on will call. So one of the things you can do is ask to ask the contractor, you know, can you put together a shopping list and I'll order the stuff online from Home Depot and you can go pick it up from Home Depot. One of the advantages of getting more than one quote is you can also have them estimate supplies because here's something that contractors do, especially painters. They'll have, if you, if you don't give them a color choice, they'll make one for you. Probably something they use on most of their jobs. And I can bet you that a couple of those five-gallon buckets that cost over $100 a piece are going to wind up on somebody else's walls, not yours. Oh. Yeah. So if the job needs, I don't know, four buckets of five-gallon buckets of paint, let's say 20 gallons of paint, uh, it probably really only needed 16 buckets of paint or 16 gallons of paint. But they went ahead and, and billed you for the rest, and it got used on somebody else's project. Yeah. So now they get a little profit out of that extra because they're charging Aunt Susie for the same. That's right. Mm. I know contractors that have had to do work on their own properties. I actually had a business partner of mine that did that. He used to run to Home Depot and he would buy, you know, 50 sheets of drywall. Well, um, we're doing a thousand square foot house. It doesn't need 50 sheets of drywall. <laughs> Come to find out 20 sheets of that drywall were going on another job that he was charging that customer to do drywall on. And he was basically dipping into my coffers to cover materials for jobs that he was getting paid on and charging materials on. So he's just pocketing the extra money. So that's why you got to watch this. Second of all, the, the, like say the guy says $500 for materials. The common one, Mike, you, you just nailed the common one. I need money to pay my guys. Why are you paying your guys before they go to work? <laughs> Tell you what, it's, it's Monday. If you get some, if you get the work, the job done by Friday, guess what you can do? You can pay them because I'll pay you as soon as the job's done. But we're not doing this. Uh, I need money to pay my guys. I don't pay any of my my staff to ahead of schedule. I mean, that doesn't make sense. Mike, do, oh, they, pay you? Yeah. do they pay you before you fly the plane or after? No, yeah, after for sure. You're right. Mike, we love you. We, we know you're a great pilot. The landings are amazing. We're going to go ahead and pay you next year's salary now. <laughs> you know, because then you'll be flush with more cash. Yeah, they can go to the liquor store and start up now, yeah. Right. Or they wind up in jail or or the girlfriend steals it. Whatever the excuse winds up being, they go on a binge. In Key West, they go fishing. If you pay them in advance and the weather's nice, those boys will be out fishing. Guaranteed, they'll be out fishing. And they'll be drinking, and you'll see them down at Captain Tony's around 5 o'clock, spending your paint money. (laughs) It happens all the time. So how do you avoid this stuff? Well, you can order the materials through something like Home Depot, someplace like Home Depot or Lowe's. Um, if you get a couple estimates, then you'll have an idea of what the right amount of materials should be. And I know that you guys aren't doing painting and drywall. I don't know how many sheets of drywall they need, Tyler. I don't know how many buckets of paint. I get it. Have the contractor, whoever you're going to use, line item how what the materials are going to be so that you can see that. And if you get more than one quote and everybody says it's 20 gallons of paint, well, guess what? Probably 20 gallons of paint. But if one guy says it's 30 gallons of paint, you know you're paying for paint to go to somebody else's job site. Oh, that's a, that's a good point. So I always thought taking a multiple quotes is just to get the right price, but you make a good point. You should get the estimate of the amount of materials to see who's lying. That's wow. Right. That's a good idea. Wow. 
I also don't go with a low low bidder. Now, yeah. I have. When you worked for the government, really, you did. <laughs> well, I had to when I worked for the government, but uh, I'm not really concerned so much with, let's say, a painting gig. One guy bids mm-hmm. six grand. Next guy bids eight grand, right? The one guy says, the, the, the five grand guy says materials are included. The eight grand guy says uh, materials are included. So the mm-hmm. question is, what type of materials are you going to use? Well, the eight grand guy says, I'm going to use Sherwin-Williams uh, or Bear or whatever it is, name brand product. The other guy's like, whatever I can get my hands on. Well, when it comes to painting, I can tell you, I don't care how good the painter is. If the paint is garbage they're working with, the job's not going to turn out well. Mm-hmm. You're going to, especially if you're changing colors and things like that. Same thing goes with drywallers. You pay people, I pay people what they're worth. My contractors, my vendors that have worked for me here locally for years, they're not cheap. My appliance guy cost me a fortune. I shudder every time he leaves my property, but he only fixes things once. He shows up early, and if he needs to, he stays late, and I can count on him in a pinch to come here and keep all my... I've got a whole bunch of refrigerators sprinkled all over town. He takes care of my mom's place, other properties, clients of mine. He's always there when I need him. So I don't really... I don't even get bids with him anymore. It just doesn't... I don't need to because I trust him. Hey, man, build me whatever you need to build me and move on. Same thing with my handyman. My handyman would come by. He used to drive me crazy. He would, he would bill me $75. And I used to tell him, Mike, you're too cheap. You're gonna, I'm going to pay you 100 So just start paying me 100 My transaction coordinator, she charges the other realtors 250 I pay her 400 Why? Because she does 99% of my work. So why not? I'm getting 30 grand. I can afford to give her an extra 150 bucks. Mm-hmm. And at Christmas time, I'll throw her $1,000 at Christmas time as a bonus. And I'm the only agent that does that for her. Guys, you take care of your people. Okay. And I know I got off on a little bit of a tangent there, but. Uh, so with these handymen, painters, drywallers, whatever it may be, you're going to have to make a judgment call. And I understand that what I do is probably very different than what most of you listening to this podcast is, but I can tell you, I have been shafted so many times the minute I prepay for anything. It's almost a guarantee that whatever amount of money I'm handing them, I'm going to kiss goodbye because now I got to hire somebody else to finish the job. So I can add what I just gave them, the 500 bucks or the thousand bucks, whatever it is, to whatever I got to pay the next guy to get the job. So I really didn't save any money. You follow me? Yeah. yeah. So in my case, what I've seen with a lot of these trades, you know, let's look at drywall, for example. You got a guy that's, you know, Jimmy the drywaller. He shows up and he bids the job for a thousand bucks. A professional drywall company says they'll do it for three grand. Well, the professional drywall company already has a warehouse full of drywall. They've got mud guys and guys on stilts, and they can knock that project out in an afternoon. Meanwhile, Jimmy, the drywaller, has to go to Home Depot, stop and get a hot dog while he's out there, text his girlfriend, text his other girlfriend, go look at puppies, get the drywall, complain about how it's heavy, then take a nap, and then get to your house the next day. He'll put one coat of mud on, and then four days later, the job is done. And the question becomes, did I save money? No, I didn't. Instead, I just paid the drywaller that was going to charge me three grand to get the damn job done and move on. And then it's done, and now you can put tenants in and start making income out of it. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Plumbers, same thing. Get in, get out. Get in, get out. Uh, My appliance guy, you know, Lance, he he laughs at me because I've told him, don't call me with problems. Just solve them and bill me. 
<laughs> I love you, but don't call me and tell me there's a problem unless you fixed it. And that's great. Just fix it. Tell my AC guy the same thing. I, I don't give a, I, I don't need the, the drama. I don't need a quote. I have the thing called a CapEx account. I need you to get my air conditioning cold so my tenant doesn't sweat. That's all I need. I love you. We'll talk later. But in the meantime, don't take any time out quoting me anything. Just get it done. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure he does that because he's used to people lowballing and being upset about the price. He does. Yeah. 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 Hmm. So, yeah, but big lessons here. I love to help the little guy, but sometimes you got to man up and unfortunately hire the, the more established company, it sounds like. Right. Who has the materials on site, who has the funds to not beg you for money every week to, to pay for paint or wood or drywall or whatnot. And that's exactly. already set up and professional. Exactly. Huh. Yeah. So hopefully, I think this can, I think this can help a lot of people because this is always the hidden cost. You know, uh, Tyler, you keep talking about you make money when you buy, and it's true. When you go out, if you're going to be investing in real estate or a business, you're going to look for something that's broken. That's right. Because if it's a beautiful house and it doesn't need any work, your cash flow is going to be minimal. If if, if it's positive at all, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Well, guys, here I'm going to leave it right there. Um, it's almost Christmas time. I hope you got your holidays, I should say. Heaven forbid I offend somebody. Uh, but anyway, have a great holiday. We're going to have a couple more episodes here. Before this today, let's see. Today is the 13th. We've got, I think we have one more episode before Christmas, Mike. Yeah. So next week we have a, a guest, Vern Harris from A Better Way Funding. Uh, he's got some good stories about assisted living and, and our world too. So we're excited to have him on. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Well, guys, we're going to wrap it right there. I hope you have a great week. I hope you have a great holiday. And as always, if you're interested in what we're up to, you can watch one of our most recent webinars by going to cashflowguys.com forward slash webinar. That's cashflowguys.com forward slash webinar. We've got great stuff coming up for 2024. We'd like you to get involved with us. If you're an accredited investor, you want to learn more about what we're up to, go to cashflowguys.com forward slash webinar. Catch our next webinar. Until then, we'll see you next week. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to cashflowguys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.